Hallelujah, hallelujah. So um, this morning, I have been given the privilege, thank you so much, Pastor Steve, for being able to bring the word to you these past couple of weeks. And it is a great honor. It's a great honor, it's a great privilege to be used by God this morning. Um, let's just begin with prayer, amen. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for, for this word, Lord God. We thank you for what you will do this morning, Lord. Speak to us, Lord God. Speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, speak to our souls this morning. Minister unto each and every single soul this morning, Lord God. May there be revelation, may there be strongholds pulled down, may there be healings that break out this morning, Lord God. May souls be revived, Lord God. May there be inspiration, Lord. May we be given energy this morning to proceed for the rest of the week's coming, Lord God. Use my voice, Lord God, use my lips, Use the words that come out of my mouth, Lord God. May they be yours, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this morning, um, I'm going to be talking about make it known. Make it known. Um, as you know, we're in our Friends and Family Month. September is Friends and Family. And uh, we've been doing a program called 30 for 30. And we've been praying um, every, every evening for 30 minutes. And uh, basically our prayers are targeted towards our friends and our family members. And this morning, um, God laid it on my heart, this message, and I pray that it blesses you. So I want us to turn to the book of Ephesians. I want us to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians, that's in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, and then before we go there, I want to um, kind of lay down a little bit of groundwork here. Um, God's plan from the beginning was to create beings that ultimately pleased him and that we could have fellowship with him. That, that was God's main plan, is that we would have fellowship with him. Um, but you know, as creation, creation has free will, creation has responsibilities and it has duties. And then because God is so wise and infinitely wise, he created a place for his creation to live and grow. So he created the heavens and the earth, okay? And you're gonna, it's gonna, this is all gonna make sense in a little bit as we go into this. Genesis 1, 1, 3 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And we all know the story, right? Adam and Eve fell into sin. Um, and then we all thought that everything got messed up, right? We thought everything was all messed up, but God's plan was still the same. God's plan was that we should have fellowship with him. So he separates himself of people that will call him their God, which is the Jewish nation. So that, that, this is still part of God's plan. Um, but his plan wasn't done because of course there's more people on the earth besides the Jewish nation. So he brings in his son, Jesus, Jesus comes onto this earth so that um, now anyone who believes in him 
because he is the Messiah, because he is the Christ, anybody who believes in him, um, that he died for our sins and rose from the dead, also will have fellowship with God and eternal life. They will be redeemed from hell. There is still, however, another issue that we have to look at. And we're going to get into it in a little bit. But the issue is this. Who is going to keep telling the world about Jesus? Right? God's plan is still, is still the same. It is to have fellowship with his creation, which is us. But who's going to keep telling the rest of the world about Jesus? The church is responsible for sharing the message of Christ. And, you know, some of us will start saying, well, you know, I do so much already. I go to church. I, you know, and you could list all the things that we do because we believe that we are believers, that we believe in Jesus Christ. But what if I said to you, as a believer, that our main purpose, our main calling was to make him known? Everything that we do, everything that we are about is to make him known so that God can gather all his creation who call him their God into fellowship and worship. This would be our, our aim. Things would seem a little bit different, right? Let's go. Let's re, let's read the scripture that um, we have for this morning. Ephesians chapter three, and the verses are going to be eight, eight to nineteen. Um, but mostly we'll be focusing from verses eight to ten. Okay, but I want us to read the, all the verses. So here we go. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the age ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. There are three important things that I want us to highlight this morning from this passage. The first one is going to be, what are the riches of Christ? The second one is to understand the mystery that is being spoken of here. And the third thing is the intent of the mystery being spoken. 
So let's go to the first one that we have this morning, right? Um, let's read the verses again. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, his grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. When we think about riches, right, in our minds, in the human mind, in the worldly mind, I should say, in the worldly mind, we will think about gold, diamonds, cars, money, property, perhaps a career. This is what we think of. But the thing is that God has all these things in supply. He's the owner of all these things. He gives them to us to be stewards of them, but we don't own them. So this, this doesn't really impress God. Money doesn't impress God. And I'm going to also say that money also doesn't impress Satan either. We don't impress anybody but ourselves when we find these things to be great. What does impress God and even impress Satan is a soul. The soul of a human being is one of the most precious things. Paul said it himself. He said that he is the least of all the saints. How can a man, and I want us to really think about this, how can a man who is seen as one of the greatest apostles, one that God used to preach to so many different cities, one that was used to perform the most wondrous miracle. He wasn't the only one, of course. There was Peter, too, and some of the other apostles that were used that way. But he calls himself the least. And I believe that the reason he calls himself the least of all the saints is because Paul realized that without God's grace, he was actually nothing. And so, so that we understand, and we're on the same page, Ephesians was the letter from Paul to the church of Ephesus. So when it says to me, who I'm least, he's, this is Paul talking. I don't want to lose anybody. Okay, so this is Paul's, Paul's letter to the, to the church of Ephesus. He was so thankful that, about God's grace on his life that I believed that he would look at his life and go, oh my God from where I came from to what I'm doing now, I am the least of all the saints. Because he was so thankful for how far he has come, how far God has brought him, how God's grace sustained him, how God's grace helped him from to do what he was called to do and to see his person, who he is on that day, I think he was in awe. And he was able to say that he was the least of all the saints. He was humbled by what God could do. And so that, you know, Paul, Paul uh, so that we all remember, Paul was uh, also once called Saul. 
Saul was a Pharisee that killed and stoned and ordered the death of Christians. He troubled the church everywhere he went. He was seen as a menace to the church and to Christians. This man beaten, chained, jailed uh, people for preaching the gospel. He tortured, um, he tortured Christians. And this is the very same man that was being beaten, chained, jailed for preaching the gospel of Jesus. He was also tortured and almost killed a few times because he preached Jesus and the resurrection. This grace was given that I should preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. As he was thinking, he said to himself, God's riches have no boundary. They are completely unsearchable for me. Which is why I believe he said this. Charles Spurgeon, I'm quoting, I'm gonna quote Charles Spurgeon because I love how he says this. He says it this way. I am bold to tell you that my master's riches of grace are so unsearchable that he delights to forgive and forget enormous sin. The bigger the sin, the more glory to his grace. If you are over head and ears in debt, he is rich enough to discharge your liabilities. If you are at the very gates of hell, he is able to pluck you from the jaws of destruction. Have we experienced the unsearchable riches of Christ? Do we understand that all that God has done for us, have we allowed God to touch our lives and transform it so that we can also experience the riches of Christ? In order to do that, we have to allow God's grace to abound on us. Amen? The more sin that there is, the greater the grace. That doesn't mean, however, that we sin on purpose because we think that grace will cover us. That is not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying that if you realize who you are, as you are, God's grace will abound on you so that you will overcome. Amen? These are the riches of God. The riches of God is the power of his grace to transform a soul. And this impresses God. Amen? It's not about what we have. It's not about all our properties. It's about, do we allow God's grace to change us? Do we allow God's grace to transform us? Because Paul did. Paul did. May I submit this to you, that if we are not experiencing God as significantly that it may be that we have not submitted ourselves to Jesus as we should because God's grace would abound. Amen.
And so this brings us to my next point. So we understand that the riches of Christ is the power of his grace to transform a soul. Hallelujah. I think it's one of the most powerful things. It's what money can't buy that is the most priceless. Amen. And that is our soul. So this morning, may you also allow God's grace to abound upon your life. Irregardless of what we may think is too difficult or too hard to overcome, or you think that you're not good enough, or whatever that may be, I ask that you submit those things to God and allow God's grace to abound instead. Amen? Allow God's grace to take you from, from one step to the next, from glory to glory. Allow him to take you deeper into his things. Amen. As we submit ourselves to him. So my next point here is to understand the mystery. Verse 9 says, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. Now, when we think of mystery, we think of uh, murder, murder mystery. You know, this is what we think of. We think of something that should not be found out, that no, so, you know, hiding something that nobody is supposed to find out about. But the thing here with Christ is that this particular mystery wants to make itself known. This kind of mystery that is being spoken about in the scripture is not the mystery that is supposed to remain hidden. This mystery is supposed to be open. It's not that type. This mystery is one that wants to be found out. It's one that wants to be known. The mystery is that what, what the mystery being spoken here is what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He tore the separation between God and his people. His people can come boldly to him, to his throne room with confidence. Remember that in the Old Testament, they had to be performed certain ceremonies. Only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies. Only a priest could go on your behalf to do things. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, all that was torn. Now we can just come to him boldly and with confidence and bring our prayers, our supplications, our thanksgiving, our offerings to him. Amen? Do we see this? The second thing that we have to understand that is being spoken about here is that remember that God's people were actually considered only to be the Jewish nation. But after Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, this now includes Gentiles or non-Jews. This now includes everyone. Anybody who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior now also has access into the throne room of God, also now has salvation, also now has eternal life, and has the inheritance of Jesus Christ. All believers 
are now one in Christ. Galatians 3.28 says it this way, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The scripture lets us know that being in Christ transcends nationality. Being in Christ transcends economic status. Being in Christ transcends gender. Because now we are all one in Christ. Is this not a mystery? But it's an open one because he wants to make it known. He wants people to know. And in addition to that, we all have the same inheritance. We have all the same inheritance. Ephesians 3, 6, and 7. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Who are the Gentiles? You and I. We are Gentiles. We don't have Jewish blood. You and I are Gentiles. The rest of the world, we are Gentiles. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. We are heirs, we are partakers of Christ's promise. We are partakers of the same things. Colossians 1.12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. God's plan is still the same. He wants us to have fellowship with us. So what is God's purpose to this mystery that is not actually a mystery? What is the purpose of all this? What's, what's his purpose? What's the thing, right? Verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. I want us all to say, make it known. Make it known. Make it known. According to the verse, the intent or purpose is for God's amazing, manifold wisdom to be made known by the church. It's not Pastor Jessica saying it to you. It's not Pastor Stephen saying it to you. It's God telling us this. Amen. I want us to understand that I'm not saying that we should not be good people, that we should not do good things, good acts, being kind. But the thing is that acts of goodness are actually our reasonable service. God impressed that upon me. It is our reasonable service. In other words, it's the least thing that we could do. If we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves by his name, the least thing that we can do are acts of kindness and acts of goodness and to be good. Because the truth is that it's God's grace on our lives. Amen? 
It's his grace. So doing good things is the outward expression of what's happening on the inside. So we're supposed to. It's our reasonable service. God chose us as his vessels to do his work. It is in believing Jesus is the Christ. If we believe Jesus is the Christ, then we should make him known. Make him known. So let's look at this scripture again. It says, to the intent now that might be made known by the church, by the church. The scripture does not single out any particular office. I'm going to highlight a couple of things here. It does not highlight a particular office of the church. It doesn't say teachers. It doesn't say pastors. It doesn't say prophets should make it known. It says the church. Who is the church? The church is the saints. The saints are all the believers. So all the believers have to have this role. Another thing I wanted to highlight here, and I want us to understand, that sometimes we think that it's preaching on a pulpit. That's, that, and that's good, that's part of it, but it's not all in inclusive. And we could stand out on the street and we could preach, and that's also a form, but it's also not all inclusive of what's being spoken here in scripture. It's, it's a little bit more than that. So what is it making Christ known then? How do we make God known? How does the church do that? And I want us to look up to the fact that it says that we make Christ known by the church to the principalities and powers. I want us to ask ourselves a few questions this morning. Does our life in Christ inform principalities and powers what we believe? Who are the principalities and powers in the heavenly places? Angels, demons, the, the spirit realm. Does the spirit realm know can't does does our life inform them that we believe in Jesus Christ? If we looked at our life from afar, can our life speak Jesus Christ? Does it make God known? When we receive revelation, do we apply it? When we gain wisdom, do we share it? Does our life shine the light of God? Do we speak the word of God into our lives and to other people? Can the principalities and powers know that we believe in Jesus and his resurrection? Does it speak it? Does your life speak these things in and of itself? Our life should inform the angels and the demons that we believe in Christ. When we arrive on scene, anywhere that we go, devils should shake and angels should move on our behalf. Does our life do that wherever we go? Wherever we take church, us, 
We are the church. Wherever we sit, we bring church. Wherever we go, church is there. Why? Because we are believers. The world is more than what we see with our bare eyes. You see, if we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, even the demons knew who he was. Acts 19. Acts 19. If you want to read the story 11, it's Acts 19, 11 to 15. But this is one of the evil spirits talking. Well, actually, why don't we go there? Why don't we go there? Acts 19. Verse 11, 11 to 15. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? They knew who Jesus was, and they knew who Paul was, and they were asking the Jewish exorcist here, but who are you? And what happens next, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled of the house naked and wounded. Do you, you see how they knew them? How is it that the evil spirits knew who Paul was? Because they were informed. Are we informing the spirit realm what we believe in? Are we making it known? Are we making it known? Believers, we need to move ourselves from just living for ourselves. We think sometimes that God saves us and works in our lives because we deserve it somehow, because somehow we are such great people. But the problem with that thinking is that if we deserved it, then it wouldn't be called grace. It wouldn't be called grace. Grace is something that is given undeserved. There is nothing, there is no amount of good that we can do to deserve God's grace. We just receive it. Amen. If we stand here this morning, wherever you are this morning, if you believe that Jesus died for you, 
that Jesus saves you, then allow God's grace to abound on your life fully this morning. Allow God's grace to touch every aspect of your life so that it will shine, so that it will inform the whole entire universe who it is that you believe, who it is that we believe, that when an ICC member touches ground onto any place, they will know that we believe in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are we using God's power and his word to break down strongholds? Are chains of unbelief falling off? Are, is our life where, our, where barriers are broken, sicknesses and wounds are healed and lives are, chained, are changed? It informs the principalities and powers in heavenly places that we believe in Christ. We know what the mystery of the gospel is, but we need to make it known. If we are making it known to the principalities and powers, then that means people around us will know too. And this is the last thing I'm gonna talk about. If we're making it known to principalities and powers, then that means that people will, act, will also be involved in that. Because there is no way that our life would shine like that and people would not also know. Amen. A life that is informed by the gospel of grace should inform the universe that God is our God. Let's make God known. Amen. Let's make God known. May the principalities and powers know that we believe in Christ and the power of his resurrection. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. I want us to spend a few times in prayer because I believe that we all have places in our lives where we need God's grace to abound and where we have, um, where, we have, where we want God's grace to abound and places where we need to make it known, amen? That wherever we go, we're making Christ known. Let's come to a place where we don't even have to call pastor for prayer. We pray ourselves and miracles happen healings happen things begin to shift things change you know as we're going to 30 for 30 i i sense and, and pastor steve also says that we, we sense things changing things cannot remain the same when we pray amen when the people of god come together things change things shift it cannot be the same it can't, it's just, it's not possible. Why? Because of this scripture. And as we continue praying for the rest of the month, may God continue to also move. Amen.
May he also cause change and transformation in our lives. That our life is so bright and speaks Christ that it starts changing the lives around us. Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Let's just pray for the next five minutes this morning. Lord, this morning we bring ourselves to you this morning. That our lives, Lord God, will begin to change and transform for your glory, Lord God. That our lives will begin to inform, O oh Lord, the principalities and powers, Lord God, that we believe in Jesus Christ. May people around us, Lord God, also be touched, Lord, that they may also come to know who Christ is. That when we say, come and see, they will move, O oh Lord, because they see us, Lord God, and they see our lives, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Touch, Lord God, this morning, each and every single person that is hurting this morning, whether it's emotional or in the body, Lord God, this morning. Touch them this morning with your mighty hand, Lord God, and bless them. May there be healing, Lord God. May there be restoration this morning upon people's lives, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We believe in your power, Lord God. We believe in your power, Lord God, of the resurrection that can heal, Lord God. Your power, oh Lord God, to transform lives and to transform souls, oh Lord. May families, Lord God, this morning be transformed, Lord God. May families be touched, oh Lord, this morning in the name of Jesus. May they be moved, oh Lord God, to come to you, Lord God. May they experience God's abounding grace, Lord God, for them in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord God. And as we continue, Lord God, in this month, may family members come to know you, Lord God, because we are making it known. May our friends, oh Lord God, come to know you, Lord God, because we are making it known, because we are interceding for them, Lord God, each and every single day, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. And any barriers that we are experiencing, Lord God, we bring break them this morning in the name of Jesus. Fears and anxieties, we break them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Your presence, O oh Lord God, your very presence, O oh Lord, breaks, Lord God, yokes, Lord. May your presence break yokes this morning, O oh Lord. May your word go forth. May it resound in their ears, O oh Lord, and break yokes, Lord God. May it pull down strongholds this morning in the name of Jesus. May um unbelief be broken in the name of Jesus. May the lies and the deception of the enemy, Lord God, be pulled down by the truth of God's word this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, and we give you